everyone. Welcome back to Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast, the mini episode, the singles episode. The singles, the little guy, the little buddy, the guy who's just here hanging out uh, like your neighbor, like Kramer or like some neighbor or something. <laughs> the one that you forget about, but is still always there at the end of the night. Right. Could yeah. you be married to it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So that thing that happened in Vegas, that yeah. Thing, yeah, you know what? It, it didn't stay there; it came home with you. <laughs> um, so okay, so it's a mini episode. So we haven't been on in a couple weeks. So yeah, it's been a while. We took a pause, a purposeful pause, um, given the circumstances in America right now and in the world. Basically, um, we thought it'd be more respectful to take the time and listen and learn and understand what's going on as opposed to shove music down your throats and kind of block that out of the way like it doesn't exist yeah l- you know? last thing you want to hear is uh you know hey listen to new order when you know there's all this stuff going on so yeah screw it you know or some other weird choice that we might have had so yeah some silly ska song or something yeah here's a skill- silly ska <laughs> song to help you get through your day yeah. but yeah no uh so with that, uh, the rules of the mini uh, haven't changed. These are just songs we happen to be listening to at the moment, songs you may have heard uh, out and about in your travels, at the grocery store, or whatever. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, these are op- the songs are kind of racial now just because that happens to be in the zeitgeist, and we're all kind of listening to it. And seriously, I mean, we could just talk candidly for a moment without getting too deep into it. Because this is a music show. It's not a political show. Uh, but obviously, you know, we, we definitely... S- I think if you're listening to the show, you know where we would fall on the end of the spectrum <laughs> for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, being uh, fans of ska music, which, you know, we, we have that fight with... Uh, we do too much ska on the show sometimes or not enough or whatever it is. But we have a... You know, that music is rooted and based in unity. and We so, have a deep apprecifor jamaican black culture and music absolutely absolutely and you know and even and even the and even getting into like the two-tone era of all of it with all where it's all about unity it's really the construct was poverty not really racism that drew people together (laughs) you know so so we're we're still uh tightly among that i mean julia attended a couple protests i did as well they were right here out in front of front of my house and luckily yeah (laughs) it was super literally (laughs) i could not ignore them they were in front of my house um if i understand not everyone can attend them i was petrified to attend them because of covid19 because we're still going through that pandemic yeah um that didn't go away oddly enough that just didn't go away it's not going away orange county yeah um but this is way more important in standing up for your fellow human beings and people you love and people you should care about. Well, let's be honest. There's so many of us. Look, I'm a white guy, but my mom's Indonesian. You know what I mean? So like it's, I I'm a six foot four white man that has an Asian mom. You think about it like that. And uh, you know, so I don't know anybody in America who's pure, Who's like who could who could be a supremacist and say, oh, well, we're purifying our people. Nobody is. We're all mutts, man. Like we always have been, you know, we're all mutts. So you have to, I, I don't know, have respect for your fellow man. Jesus. This totally. Is, this is like, like the argu- kindergarten stuff. This is like preschool stuff. I can't believe we have to have this argument, debase our culture like this. 
but like we do. the argument that people need to go back to their countries is so insane to me because it's not even their country exactly <laughs> like, exactly you stole this land from my people yeah you brought, exactly you stole people from their land and brought them over here to build and, this land and to, yes and at an underwritten cost to where it was you're you're basically undercutting costs all over the world because you don't have to pay your people you just have to pay them in corn or whatever you feed them it's ridiculous yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous that's, that's america Welcome to America, guys. This is this is how it happens. So essentially, we had our own feudal time. You know, like in English, they had the, the feudal system where you had poor people that were sharecroppers that basically just lived on your land and had to pay you exorbitant rents to build your wealth. We kind of had never that here. Never got out of that debt. Yeah, and you never Sorry. got out of that. We kind of had that here, too. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Well, do you want to uh, – I you, you made a post, um, and we could talk about it later at the end we're, we're, and post the links and everything. But you had a post uh, regarding causes and and, uh, and organizations that could use help. So we'll post that. Did you want to say anything about any of that? Uh, we can talk about it at the end. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's talk about the music, and then we'll talk about the important stuff. Sounds good. Let's do it. You want to go, go first? first? You go first. Oh. I'm cool. Okay, cool. Um, so I started reading, like I've mentioned on this podcast before, I read a lot, like a lot of books. I think I'm... 20 books in for the year. Wow. Um, but I'm currently reading a Mabel, Mavis Staples biography. It's very good. So just so you and guys know, she's holding it up to her <laughs> camera because we're, uh, you know, COVID recording. So she's far away. But she held it up. She's holding it up as if to show you, the, the, it's the like, listener. <laughs> it's like the... Re- Take a picture. This is the reading rainbow version of, of Mixtape Mixtape Podcast podcast. Yeah. So um, it it's about uh, Mavis Staples, the Staples Singers, which was her family band. And then it basically uh, the main era was the civil rights era. Like right. this is where their music was focused on. And it's I'm halfway through the book, but she is amazing. Like her her family is insane. Like they moved to Chicago from the deep South in like the late twenties, early thirties. And the kids growing up were surrounded by their friends were Sam Cook and, and Curtis Mayfield. Wow. That's like, crazy. Sam. Those Cook, are their wow, friends. That's, <laughs> like Sam Cook. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like they're best friends with these kids singing on the street corners with them. And then um, I'm not giving anything away, but like Bob Dylan proposed to her. Wait, what? To Mavis. Really? Yeah. That's insane. Like he was That's in awesome. love with her. They were courting for like seven years. This is when Bob Dylan like first became huge on the folk When he scene. sold his soul to the devil and, and became a <laughs> prolific writer or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he was a fan of the Staple Singers and they became friends and uh, she turned him down, but she said it was one of the biggest things she regrets in her life was I bet. turning him down. Yeah, I she, bet. She, she was really afraid of marrying a white guy, basically. Oh, wouldn't you be? In 1964? Yeah. This is the 60s. Yeah. I mean, geez. I would be too. I mean, mm-hmm. look, life is hard enough. And there's plenty of people in the world. Why may, why have your soul may be a white dude, you know, or <laughs> vice versa? I mean, those yeah. people those people are the ones who are really courageous. Uh, you're reading the Baldwin novel, right? If Beale Street could talk. I read it. You read yeah. it. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's that's similar there. You know, it, it's why would you pick God, those people you really had to love someone 
you really had to mm-hmm. love someone in order to and, to make it work back then, you know? And obviously, like, e- I'm speculating, but it's easier for Bob Dylan to fall in love with Mavis than Mavis to love him back because there's fewer consequences for him Absolutely. than there are for her. Well, especially in the time, Bob Dylan... Even if, even as a folk singer, the circles that he's hanging out with would be very accepting. To, and mm-hmm. matter of fact, it'd be chic or kind of hip for him to have a black girlfriend, right? Uh, totally. At that time, whereas for her, there's real life and death consequences for that. You know, she could and never go depends, home again. Yeah, it de- totally depends on the circle that she was in. Like at that time, they were playing a lot of folk festivals, and they were becoming folk artists and emerged into that scene where people you know white kids love them so much so in that scene they would have been fine but who knows back home in chicago right well yeah how that could have been taken north side he probably would have been okay or or maybe yeah. i guess maybe south side he would have been okay. i don't know i don't know man that's a tricky one yeah that's you know la boston chicago new york even are racially divided now but then i mean it was clear-cut dividing lines nothing above x street or you know, 142nd Street, whatever it was, you know, whatever the boundary was. Yeah. Um, Oh, they definitely talked about that, that there were certain streets that they could not go down. Yeah. And like their parents warned them not to go down. And yeah. And again, these artists like this are really the, the, they really are the, they are the the patreons of of what we know as of race relations now. You know, they really took the brunt of a lot of this. Not that it's changed much, but it definitely has changed. You can, yeah. you know, uh, a, a white girl, a blonde white girl can date a black guy, no problem. Like Iggy Azalea can date a, you know, Swaggy P from the Lakers and nobody looks twice about it because they're both celebrities. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's not polite to say, but now those, now those people have been, the people who judge that are pushed back into the shadows, but they're still there. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, they're still there. It's not going to go away. It was yeah. just it was tapped down for a little bit. For sure. For but sure. Um, the song I'm going to play is actually from the Staples singer. So this was the family group. It was basically the dad, uh, Pop Staples, and two daughters, Mavis and Cleota, and a son, Purvis. So they were very um, they were different from other. They started out as a gospel band, basically. Right, yeah. But their gospel music was so different from other artists at the time because Pops came from the Deep South. And so he played, like, basically their gospel music is of the Deep South rather than a little more poppy right. and R&B-ish. Um, and so I am not a very religious person, but I could listen to this music all day long just it's so haunting and then a lot of what they say straddles the line between um civil rights and a movement and you know more of a religious tone so oddly enough get is, both is, out of it oddly enough isn't it weird that you're talking if you're talking about the true meaning if and i'm assuming if they're gospel they believe in jesus yeah. if you have the true and i'm not religious at all so but yeah. the true meaning of of a compassionate human being that loves all man and how it transfers over, you know, that's, there's no accident. There's no accident how that transfers over. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Did you have more to say? Just one more thing. So this song was, um, a favorite of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, cool. So they ran in the same circles. He, 
the stable singers played at a lot of his speeches and rallies. Um, I don't think they were able to march with him because they were always on tour. But every time he saw them, this was a song that he requested. And it's Why Am I Treated So Bad? Oh, great. Okay, cool. What a great song. That's if you look mm-hmm. at this if you look at the just breaking that song down um with that guitar the way it's playing the bass line more it's playing more of a bass line type of a tone with it. That is right. I mean, you lay that that is the precursor obviously. A lot of that music's the precursor to Jack White to, you know, the Black Keys and a lot of mm-hmm. the that play now, but the harmonies are just ridiculous, right? They're so good. So I have so many fun facts from this book because it's so fresh in my mind. Like uh, Pops, the way he played the guitar was so different from everyone else. I can't, I'll go back and like figure out what exactly he did. But he um, basically like sounds like the Rolling Stones kind of stole their music. Oh, they totally did. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. <laughs> and he stole, Pops sued them. And eventually, I don't think anything came of it like he waited so long to sue them for it and i don't think i think they probably would have had a case now but probably in the late 80s 90s there wasn't much of a case yeah for how these songs sounded alike but basically like his guitar playing is so specific to him like credence clearwater revival is you know takes a lot from them right um a lot of even people like Bob Dylan took from them as well, like later in their music. Um, yeah, so, that guitar is yeah. really driving that uh, that rhythm more than it mm-hmm. is playing a more like if so. In comparison to other guitarists of the time, if you were to look at like the Birds, they're they're playing more of a more of a uh, a melody, more of a harmony, and they're using it as an accompanying to the harmonies. Where he's kind of playing the rhythm of that piece, he's moving that that music forward with his guitar yeah playing, which is totally really cool i mean yeah it's the harmonies though is where it really gets me because i think you could look at that and later on sly and the family stone and some other bands were mm-hmm. kind of doing that but um the harmonies really get it it's because you have that you have that rhythmic guitar playing that funk almost sound to it with those mm-hmm. the harmonies are just flawless so well and a lot of that is mavis um yeah. in the book it said like when they would sing at church, uh, she was about eight years old when the band started and people who had heard them like on the local radio stations, when they finally came out to see them perform, like they were placing bets. These men had placed bets cause they couldn't tell if who was singing those notes was a man oh, or a wow. woman. Yeah. yeah. And she like, she has a certain range that she had said, not most people don't in music, but she can. And, um, it's just very distinctive and it's very much Mavis. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Mavis, uh, still records, right? She, isn't yeah. she, uh, she, she was on new West recently, which is a strictly kind of Americana, you know, almost country label. Uh, so, you know, I mean, still doing it, 
after all these years and still having a contribution. And that's kind of what you, that even that style, even though it's more of a soul style they have, that's where you'd go to find that these days is Americana music. You'd probably go and find totally. it Totally, yeah. You know, so. Exactly. So if you don't think you like Americana, but you like old 60s soul, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> exactly (laughs) you could still go see artists today you can go to pappy pappy and harriet's and still see artists like that so that's great it all goes full circle all full circle and that you know that's they say is like the roots of all music right come from the come from the blues which you know you look at that and uh blues and jazz and so Mm -hmm. that kind of ties into my to my connection but i'll get to that in a second but you know if they started off with jazz with brass bands that people would have play you know at events like ribbon cuttings or or municipal ceremonies or fourth of july right you'd have these bands play and then you mix that with tribal drumming like they did in new orleans you get Mm -hmm. jazz and from jazz you carry that out to poor people sharecroppers that make guitars out of cigar boxes and you get the delta blues out of that exactly everything really falls back to that i don't care if you're punk rock rock and roll whatever it all kind of goes back um, if you are a fan of music history, I may have mentioned it before uh, on this, but Google it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still up. But Billy Zoom used to have a really from X used to have a really good site for uh, music. He's like the albums every person has to own. And it starts off with jazz records and it goes into like uh, Delta Blues stuff. And then it goes into like uh, um, 50s uh, rockabilly and then goes into some 60s records. But basically, his whole thing, a lot of it's punk rock, but he ties it back to rock and roll was this rebellious thing that came from this protest or not protest music, but also poor man's music, you know. And so uh, it, it's really great. But anyway, uh, getting that getting to that. Well, we'll add a link to that if we find it. Yeah, we find it. We'll it, sure, it was yeah. on there for a long. I had it saved on my work computer for a long time. Is it time. a GeoCities website? It may be. I don't know. It's old. It's old. Angel Fire. It might be. And it has like a <laughs> long list and it has like, it has definite, he has definitions because, you know, Billy's on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So he has his definitions of, of what all this stuff was. And I think his definition of punk rock is the next wave of rock and roll before it, oh, the return to the roots of rock and roll before it got to before it got corporate right so if he's saying like if i guess from bill haley and the comets when it gets corporate all through the beatles and everything else rolling stones and ending at elo or these progress pink floyd or whatever the progressive rock is at the time uh this is this is where rock and roll gets reclaimed you know whatever is is the punk rock movement but anyway um so getting to mine i mean the the we talked about the uh the nature of the mini episodes to be just a mini breakdown of what you're currently listening to. And so of course with everything that's going on, I took a, I actually took a jazz appreciation and history. It was like a year long class uh, when I was in school. Um, And I thought I would kind of, it would be an easy credit. And, uh, (laughs) but really it was very educational regarding that. It's basically the history. American music is the history of black music. It really is in yes, the United States. It is. So in, it is. in anywhere. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you spend a lot of time, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about jazz, you spend a lot of time uh, talking about um, basically older jazz. So like, you know, everybody from Louis Armstrong, Fats Waller, like you, they have a whole thing about, uh, about, you know, stride piano and ragtime and all this stuff. And it's a, uh, 
the song I picked actually reminded me of of that time. And hang on, let me find it real quick. I had it queued up, but I lost it. Um, waiting, there it is. waiting, got it, got it. and right. waiting, right. banter. Okay, banter. there we go. So, um, <laughs> but the song, it's actually by Louis Armstrong. It's actually written by Fats Waller, who, so if you don't know Fats Waller, he he uh, wrote a song called Ain't Misbehavin', which was a huge, huge, I mean, worldwide hit. He's a, He basically was a pioneer of the stride piano style, really amazing piano player. But yeah, his song was about like, you know, screwing and drinking and you know whatever mm-hmm. and how, however they had to mask it poetically at the time to get it to yeah. get it aired but uh louis armstrong um uh, from that time he he actually was fats was a precursor to louis but uh louis was the biggest star and it's hard to it's hard to put it in our terms because there was never anything like it uh before he did it you know and he was a obviously a trumpet player and a singer with a very unique voice um not known for being a political activist, but uh, he has he had these little bright spots of activism in. Uh, well, and then like at what point someone I don't know how old he was at the time, what limelight he had, he may not have had the relationships and the um I want to say family, but other artists to back him up. So I yeah. can imagine how terrifying it might be to be the only one yes. to say something. And that, that's my point. It, <clears throat> and it's, it's hard for me to say this opinion, you know, as a white guy, but uh, for, for people to call him out, right. For yes. not being political enough and to being, he, like he was known as he was known as they were known as like, the the white dudes jazz basically by the time the 60s rolled Got around it. that's where all the yeah. corporate people went to go see white people uh you know they would go to see him play and when miles davis was really you know the guy that you you may have you know all the hip kind of people were into at the time but anyway yeah. you talk about you talk about louis armstrong and uh in the 30s so fats waller wrote a song called black and blue and that's what i'm going to play um but basically it's a song about race it's a song about uh uh, inequality and you b- being black and blue essentially the connotation of being bruised and beat up but also the connotation of having the blues and being black you know in culture yep. and he he was invited to perform because he's such a large star uh to perform at the white house for uh, uh for uh, taft no it wasn't taft it wasn't oh taft. hoover 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 for hoover yes for hoover and Hoover, one of the worst presidents of all time, obviously ushered <laughs> in the, the Depression. And then they yep. had uh, shanty towns that went up all over America called Hoovervilles. Yep. Uh, not known for his compassion. Let's just say that. Nope. And so Louis Armstrong play is playing uh, in front of this crowd and and a live audience. And one of the lines of the song is, uh, my, only sin, my only sin is in my skin. And he changed it. Uh, the lyrics as he's singing it and playing his horn to my only sin is the color of my skin. And so that alone, that act of revolutionary, uh, of um, <laughs> revolutionary behavior for, by, by a guy at that time uh, that caused an uproar. Right. Yeah. From that time. If, I mean, he may not have taken a lot of shots, but the shot he did take was a pretty Considering big one. He was the only one out there doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to say in 1965 when you're deep into Stokely Carmichael, you're into the Black Panther movement, uh, you know, 
you have years of oppression that is hit a boiling point because youth is educated. They've got free time. Mm-hmm. They're out there protesting. It's great. But it's something else when you're the only dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had to yeah. live in France. He was a huge star. He had to live in France, you know, along the lines of Josephine Baker and other people that had to move to France for equality. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy when you're a huge star, but you can't live in Louisiana, you know? Yep. So he also famously, he boycotted. In Louisiana, they had a law uh, in New Orleans where uh, in 1954 that was passed where um, he where inner intermixed uh, interrace groups could not play in New Orleans, which is so oh, crazy wow. when you think about it now, how yeah. it's such a multicultural city and always has been. Right. But he boycotted New Orleans, didn't play until 1964 when the Civil Rights Act passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, spoke out against Eisenhower about and demanded that he integrate schools, black children with white children. And yep. when he finally did it, congratulate him, sent him a personal telegram and all this stuff. So anyway, here is uh, Louis Armstrong. I'll play black and blue and, and then we'll finish it up. But here he is. How would it end? Ain't got a friend. My only sin is in my skin. What did I do to be so black and blue? That was great. Like, I love his voice. His voice is so distinct. It's only... It's so recognizable. It's just him. Yeah, And it's such a great song. Yeah, and and to think that... That's in the 30s, right? And Mm -hmm. then you think about him in the 60s and Wonderful World comes out, you know, and like when he's a big, big star. But even even he, even he, like he was, uh, he was, uh, one of his venues was bombed out, you know, in the South at one time. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he's just on the forefront of, of a lot of that. And doesn't get the, I don't think gets any credit because I think he reached to a point where he was just apathetic and he accepted it. You know, we all go through the stages of grief and t- finally we get to a point of acceptance. And I think he was there. I think he was there. Yeah. And he probably felt deserving of everything that he had at that point. Why would you mess with that? Yeah. And then being a celebrity, you kind of don't have to deal with a lot of it sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. And he, you know, for him, it's like, look, I grew up in a, I grew up with no shoes in New Orleans yeah. and, and, you know, he marched in uh he was, they went to a school basically kind of like the, uh, the schools in Jamaica that they had, right. For, for, for boys. So they teach them how to play music. He, his school, they, they used to do, they'd march every year in Mardi Gras and, and to raise money for the school. And he would mm-hmm. go back and march in that and like do all that stuff. But when you consider where he, where he began and where he ended up, it's like, dude, yeah. You know, like, okay, I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it can't all be on the shoulders of one black person to solve a right. problem of white people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and I think, you know, more better, I think better said is he wrote his verse. He just wrote it earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wrote his yeah. verse of the poem. He just, he wrote it earlier. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so that, there you go. Well, uh, so let's talk about your real quick before we end, let's talk about your, uh, about the, uh, about the worthwhile uh, organizations and sites that you want to promote? Uh, 
yeah, first let's talk about um, last week I posted a couple or we posted a bunch of podcasts to listen to. Yes, you guys right, right. highly recommend that you guys listen to them. Yo that, is this uh, race. Six, 1619 or that, that one? Yeah. That one was great. It's really good. Yeah. 1619, the year uh, Africans were first brought to America. Um, that podcast is great. Yo is this racist is a funny podcast um people can anonymously i don't know if it's still on but they were anonymously writing in situations asking like is this racist and the host <laughs> you, would answer that if you have to ask that's yeah yeah if you have to, <laughs> yeah basically it's, it's like how do you know you know it's it's that it's the redneck shit again where it's like how do you know you're red <laughs> dude if you got to ask you pretty much you are yeah absolutely yeah yeah totally <laughs> pod save the people is great code switch is great um the nod and then this isn't uh, necessarily a black run podcast but the daily from the new york times Daily's is an great. excellent yeah. podcast yeah, all it, the coverage that they've been doing these past two weeks has been insane and if you don't subscribe to podcasts you don't want it you can listen to it at uh one o'clock on 89.9 uh kcrw has it kspc oh, has okay. it they play it every day so what's the guy's name his name is uh Mike Babaro. Mike uh, Babaro. Yeah. Yes, thank you. No, and it's great because they, they really take, they break things down to the ridiculous. They take one issue and really break it down, one current issue. It's amazing. It's a really good, really good podcast. Um, I want to bring up that 1619 again. Yeah. If you think you know causes of, of racism and how it's so systemic, it's really tied into finances as well. And, you know, they have the, the episode two of that is really is really thought provoking and will blow your hair back when it talks about um, the underwriting of slavery and how it was condoned by banks, Lloyd's of London yep. and all these other big banks at the time in the world. And it's really disgusting. It's really disgusting, but mm -hmm. it, it sheds a lot of light on who we are as a country and, and how capitalism rules, you know, of course yeah. it would rule. Of course it would rule then. And of course, you know, human beings would be treated like chattel, like, you know, they'd be cattle and livestock that you would have and you'd put a loan against. It's ridiculous. But yeah. listen to that. It's 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 really it's really it's disgusting. hard to listen to, it but is. you have to listen to no, it. You can't ignore these things. But like, let's talk about being well rounded human being and just knowing all mm -hmm. sides of the conversation and that's part of it. And man, educate yourself and that's a great that's a great place to start is that sixty nineteen podcast. Really good suggestion there. I'm glad you rec I'm glad you brought that up. Um, just some, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. good. Um, so other organizations and things just to follow up on, um, there's still a petition out on change.org for Brianna Taylor. Yes. Uh, Brianna Taylor was murdered in her own home while she was asleep, um, because she supposedly fit the profile of someone and there was no warrant involved a no-knock um, warrant and and though this week they did pass a law yes. saying they're the no-knock warrants are illegal how the hell did they come in place in the first place you exactly know, Dude, this it's that, disgusting. you're talking about article four now you're talking about constitutional shit it's just ridiculous like the cops even had the nerve the next day to question brianna's family to see if she had any enemies yeah knowing that they had killed her right so right. um Please go to change.org and sign that petition. Nothing has been done on that case, and it's disgusting. Um, you can always donate to Black Lives Matter, the National Bailout Fund, um, 
the Minnesota Freedom Fund because there are still so many protests. The protests are um, still ongoing in Minnesota and Minneapolis specifically. Uh, sorry, I'm going through my my little Instagram collection, Black Visions Collective. Uh, let's see what else I what about have. the Black Trans uh, one. Yeah, yeah well. there's the Transgender Law Center yeah. um, that you can always donate to. Uh, I have so many saved. Excuse me. Sorry. Pardon me. Um, we can post all these too, Julie. Yeah, so we'll that, post a bunch yeah. of them. I'm, I saved. If anyone follows me on Instagram, I've been posting a shit ton of stuff on my stories. And I actually um, created a highlight on my profile page called Resources. And so anything that's more educational um, and with links to other organizations, I have saved. So you can go back. Like I've been posting a lot of stuff. And then uh, some things I haven't had the chance to read through entirely so i put it there just so i can go back and check in on every once in a while um but yeah i mean in addition to learning and listening to things like 1619 or watching things on netflix like 13 um or 13th or 13 13 don't remember 13th um also immerse yourself in black culture it's not all negative it's not all uh I don't want to say sad or depressive history. All your music that you listen to goes back to black artists. Absolutely. That's 100% true. Listen and learn. And I bet you, you can track any song back to a black artist, read books by black authors. You know, I, again, if you follow me, um, like I said, I read a lot and I've been posting some books by black authors, a lot of fictional books um, that I've been reading and just for entertainment they're just fun they're great stories i love to read them so you got to have that balance it's it's very overwhelming to continue to educate yourself uh, especially when we're being thrown a million things at once right now so it's good to have balance in that and and the the truth is that you know the the mass the masses will the, the construct of the masses will always want to take your power everybody will want to take your power Okay, because mm-hmm. that's the only way that what they'll say is that's the way you can a- actually have a civil society. But the reality of it is, is that's the reason why this is this is a this is one leg of probably four different legs that hold up uh, the the way our uh, the inequality in our country, both financially, uh, gender wise, sexuality wise, you know, race wise. And uh, this is the reason why there's a one percent. This is a reason why yep. all this kind of comes from this. It's all one. All these issues are related. And so, um, yeah. So I, if anything that comes, if, I mean, obviously I want there to be massive change to come from a lot of this. And hopefully this sea change and this momentum shift will carry and, and we'll see real work done. But all, just for, if anything, if it sparks the conversation where everybody gets educated on their own, from real sources, you know, yeah. about about inequality and about the economies of of scale and how it works against you. You know, it doesn't work for you. It works against you. So totally. I, I uh, yeah. So anyway, I think that's great. And and also we're a music show. So, you know, musically, mm-hmm. if you want to go back and like you said, track track back your favorite artist, if you like the Rolling Stones, it's one degree of separation. You know, uh, Keith yep. Richards will tell you he stole everything he, he knows from Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry will tell you, so I heard everything he knows from Muddy Waters. Mm-hmm. 
guess what? They're all black. <laughs> so yeah. They all go back yeah. all the way. So anyway, anyhow, well, that was good. Yeah. Good episode. We'll be back soon with a full length. With a full length. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram at fa- and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast for show notes, pictures. Ugh. If, if you-, you enjoyed listening. To- <laughs> <laughs> All right. And take three. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind-the-scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to... Don't fuck up. Better leather, leather, better, leather, leather, better. (laughs) And while you're at it, head over to our website at MixtapeMixtapePodcast.com for complete playlists as well as links to all the songs on Spotify. Hey, I worked really hard on putting those playlists up. Or did you work really hard on avoiding other responses? Hey, don't worry about that. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. Or is it, one more thing! (laughs) 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 One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review. Give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you found us on. See See ya. ya!